0: Hey, I'm Kayla. As a mom working from home, life is crazier than ever, especially on days like these. But I'm still ruling my day thanks to Metro. Metro gave me an awesome phone and tablet. Now my son can get his homework done on the tablet without needing to borrow my laptop. Plus, with Metro, Amazon Prime is included, so I can access great deals and discounts on School Essentials. And get them delivered in no time with unlimited free shipping. All while keeping an eye on my son to make sure he finishes his online practice tests before he starts watching his favorite Amazon Originals. Right now, get a new phone and tablet on us when you switch to Metro, the number one brand in prepaid. Plus, enjoy high-speed data on both devices with one Amazon Prime membership included for just $75 a month. Metro by T-Mobile. Rule your day. I'm Kayla, and that's how I rule my day with Metro with new lines of service after rebate redemption plus sales tax and activation fee. Offer valid for new Amazon Prime members on select rate plans. Amazon Prime has a $12.99 a month cost. Restrictions apply.
1: What's going on, guys? Rich Butler here. Thanks for taking the time to hit that download button or press play and check out a brand new episode of Toys and Tech of the Trade, your one-stop shop for toys, tech, and talk with some assembly required. If this is your first time tuning into an episode of Toys and Tech of the Trade, first off, welcome. Secondly, Toys and Tech of the Trade shares the tech that creators and entrepreneurs utilize to run their businesses, create their content, and overall just be more productive. The toy aspect, of course, is the stuff that helps them just find a little joy in what they do, whether it's collecting action figures, statues, collectibles, or going broader and collecting cars, uh, radio equipment, guns, musical equipment, whatever the case may be. The definition of toys is a little broad here, and I usually like to say that in quotes just because toys is a is a universal name for some of the things we love. All right. Let's get into some housekeeping before we get this show on the road. First and foremost, thank you to everyone that has been downloading and sharing the show on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and Spotify. We really, really appreciate it. If you are not aware, we are putting episodes of the show on iTunes. So if you haven't subscribed to RageWorks, uh, not on iTunes, Uh, correction, YouTube, we are putting episodes of Toys and Tech of the Trade on YouTube. So by all means, if you haven't subscribed to RageWorks on YouTube and you'll be able to Listen to episodes there. Last but not least, if you are downloading the episode from iTunes, please take a moment to rate the show. We'd really appreciate it. Plus more ratings, more reviews definitely make it easier to pitch the show to potential guests. We definitely have a solid assortment of guests on the horizon, but by all means, we always want to have more. So definitely any little bit helps. And if you take a moment and give us a review, whether it's five stars or less, it doesn't matter, but any bit of engagement definitely would be appreciated. Last but not least, I know many of you have reached out on social asking about uh, what if I'm going to be doing more gift guides, product reviews, etc. on the podcast. And the answer to that is yes. I had wanted to do a gift guide previously for Valentine's day, but unfortunately uh, life got in the way with a newborn. So I was unable to do that, but you will see gift guides for uh, graduation father's day and possibly mother's day as well. Just real quick, 10, 15 minute episodes, sharing five to 10 products that, that I think, you know, uh, a mother or a father or a graduate would enjoy. Um, and also product reviews. I know some of you have been looking forward to me doing some audio product reviews and I will be doing those as well. Uh, whether it's, you know, new microphones, headphones, uh, electronic equipment, toys, action figures. There's going to be different kind of reviews for different things because that's what we talk about here. But yes, that stuff will be on the horizon. I just want to make sure that we have ample guests for the foreseeable future before I start doing some of that because I don't want to bombard you guys with a bunch of stuff that you don't want to check out and take away from our guests. Speaking of guests, let's move into that. My guest for this episode is... Carlos, aka Charlie 5.5, who I was introduced to on Instagram after making a post about the DC Primal Age figures from Funko, which borrow a lot from the He-Man style of action figure. You know, super muscular, jacked figures, uh, that are done with DC's superheroes and villains. Uh, thus far, the first wave has Batman, Superman, the Joker, Wonder Woman, and a few others. And again, they look right at home amongst Old school 80s Masters of the Universe action figures. Uh, Charlie actually commented on one of my posts. I checked out his account, saw some of the awesome custom work that he's doing using the, uh, the Masters of the Universe body style, aka the 5.5 style. Uh, figures like Kratos, Space Ghost, you name it. He's, he's done some amazing customization pieces and I was just blown away by the stuff that I saw and I wanted to share his work with you guys or if you're an action figure junkie looking to get into customization or just want to learn about somebody else's interesting profession then by all means strap yourselves in grab a cold beverage and enjoy the toys and tech of charlie's trade all right we're going deep into toys on this week's episode of toys and tech of the trade as i sit down with carlos rojas carlos is a Action Figure Customizer uh, on Instagram as Charlie underscore 5.5, 5, came across his work during a recent uh, spree of posts that we were doing on Rageworks on Instagram and um, really loved the work that he was doing, so I wanted to take this time to sit down and share the toys and tech of his trade. Carlos, how's it going? Oh Everything's good, man. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for taking the time out of your schedule to sit down and, and chat with us about this amazing amazing work that you're doing uh with action figure customization um you know for those of you that aren't familiar with carlos's work he does customization using the he-man style of action figures which have seen a resurgence recently uh thanks to funko's savage world but you know give us a little background on what got you into customization and why that particular style of action figure
2: well actually i i've always been a collective action figures i never Never customized anything. Okay. I I was searching for a vintage Remco Hercules. I don't know if you remember that line from Remco.
1: I've seen photos of it.
2: Yeah, the warlords and warriors and whatnot. Yep. And uh, during the search, a figure from Zolaward came up, uh, the Hercules figure. And I looked at it and I said, I've never seen this figure before. I don't recall it from the 80s. And I looked up the Zola World page and was amazed that a company nowadays was doing figures in the vintage 80s style. They've been doing it for for a few years. They're an independent company. And that's pretty much what got me back into 5.5 scale. I've always liked He-Man, but I wasn't collecting heavily. And they released or they showed a picture for one of their upcoming figures. It was um one of the Craven repaints. He was done in uh, white and blue. And I, I was, you know, fascinated by it and I had a craving and I said, man, well, you know, how hard would it be to actually repaint it and try to, try to match it? Cause it was, a uh, for a pre-order and it was going to be a f- few months away. And I have a friend who does, um, arts and crafts and whatnot. And she said, you know what? Just, just do it. There's really no wrong way to do it. So just try it out. And that, that's pretty much how it got started spiraled out of control pretty much after that.
1: Yeah, I mean, some some of your work has been, especially now, like I said, with the resurgence of, you know, the, that particular style of figure. I remember, you know, it's funny you mentioned the Warlord. I remember buying a, a, a version of uh, the, the DC character Warlord that was done in that same 5.5 He-Man style from a bodega here in New York back when I was a kid. Yeah. And I didn't even, you, you know, yeah. we all had that one family member that used to give us, like, the toys that weren't the real toys exactly and um you know i i ended up getting it because i was i forgot which family member i was with and i was like oh that guy looks really cool and you know it was like four bucks and you know i thought i thought it was just like this amazing character i ended up finding out that it was based on the dc character warlord and i'm like i'm like oh you know years later i found this out but at the time he was just amongst all the he-man figures it was it was so crazy because that style was they would do anything in that style they did i think a conan like that too
2: yeah, they had the Conan license, which was supposedly first to went to Mattel when Mattel turned it down because they saw how bloody the movie was. Uh, Remco picked it up.
1: Yep. Yeah, they um, you know, and then it, it's funny because I see the, um, the the documentary, you know, the toys that made us and I saw like them talking about He-Man and and all the stuff that went into it. And I and I it amuses me because at the time that was that was the top of the line, man. When you were buying He-Man toys in the 80s. It was every character was pretty much the same sculpt with a different head <laughs> exactly, and it was
2: it was brilliance, I mean all you had to do was you had the body style all you had to do was make different head modes and different accessories, and you had a whole new
1: figure, yep, and then they started he's, getting real crazy with the Moss man exactly, yeah, so you know you you started you started doing some of them and i and when I checked out your work i, I one of my favorites was the uh the space Ghost that you did and um. I was, I was just blown away by that. And also the moon night, the moon night was, was top notch. What is, Uh, you you know, how do you go about, you know, customizing what materials do you use? How to, you know, walk me through or just walk the listeners through a typical customization job that you do for a figure.
2: Well, basically it's, um, you know, kind of like the super seven logo, the there's characters in this body style that nobody's making. So I just wanted to have a character in that body style. So first, uh, I'll think of like what character I want. I've always wanted to make a, a Moon Knight, and um, then the Funko series came along, and their Scarecrow uh, character. I just looked at him, and I was like, that this guy could, this guy could be easy a Moon Knight. And um, the, well, the first thing you gotta find is like the silhouette. You know what what parts would work for that character. Once once I get that down, you know, I'll take a picture of it. I'll paint it on an app see what colors um go right what emblems because you could transfer it but the thing with funk was when they transfer to the barbarian style you have a little bit of uh liberties there you know you don't have to make it exactly as a comic version you can make them a little you know little grungier a little more uh barbarian style absolutely so um you know to make the figures sometimes you have to um remove parts you i'll shave them off with a you know, something as simple as a pocket knife, you could then you have to sand it down to get the area nice and smooth. Uh, when you're going into painting, there's a, a few steps you want to take there. Uh, you want to cl- oh, obviously clean up the figure. You pass light, um, not too abrasive scrub on it to get that sh- that layer of sheen. Because even if, if you don't see it, all figures have a, a little protective layer to protect the paint. So you want to get that sheen off so the paint will stick good to the to the plastic. You want to use good paints, of course. Um, Acrylics, uh, test doors are, are really good. But there's a lot of good model paints out there, Citadel and others. And um you get your base coat and you go from there pretty much. But the thing to make the character, you have to make, give it something that will resemble, even if you're taking some liberties to make them barbarian style, you have to keep some core elements to it. Like Moon Knight, you have to have the Crescent Moon on the chest, Space Ghost. You need that little space ghost silhouette in the middle of his chest you got to get the colors uh right you know you can take some liberties but you have to keep the character where it does resemble um you know the original the original uh character style
1: yeah i mean when you did the uh the the wolverine and you used the uh the primal age uh batman for it i said to myself i'm like this is this is some real creativity right here and um (laughs) for 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 something like that like like using those those examples how do you Do you have a particular scope you want to use for a particular character? Meaning like now with the Funko Primal Age, you know, like, Hey, I could pick up some of these Mortal Kombat guys. They'll be easy to convert into something else. Or, you know, how do you, how do you source those parts? You know, are you picking stuff off of eBay, garage sales? Well, the, well,
2: the, I started customizing with Zola war figures. I, I would find heads that I could, um, retool the necks so it could work on the, on that neck peg. Like, uh, loyal subjects I've done. I've done other, uh, figures that, you know, where the heads are a little bigger to scale, but you can get them on that, that peg, which is a little bit, uh, chunkier with a Funko. Um, what I, what I look for mostly is, uh, Amazon warehouse deals where people return things. Really? And usually the figures, uh, run $12 and when they return them, they, they put them up for seven bucks. And if you have a prime account, it's seven bucks shipped, you know, so.
1: That's a that's so a, i get <laughs> yeah that's a cool way to do that man that's a that's a good that's a good tip right there
2: oh yeah i'm always hunting on those warehouse deals because people return them and they're not they're not used you know they're still sealed but the box is obviously all torn up you know or whatever but the figure itself is uh is complete you know with it, all its accessories and it hasn't been used so and even if it has been open it's not an issue because i'm usually just looking for parts really
1: now, do you do you end up selling your customs or do you end up keeping them or or is it more just for a uh, from a hobby perspective? Are you doing custom orders? Have you turned it into a business? No, I'm just it's just a hobby, man. But I have received a
2: lot of requests for figures. I did one Kratos. Um, <clears throat> I used uh, Mr. Freeze head and the Joker body. Nice. And I've gotten lots of requests for that guy. And. It's kind of hard to turn people down, cause some people are your pals, you know, and they 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 really insist. But I really just do one and I move on to the next one, cause it's, I just see it as a hobby. I don't I don't you know do two or three of the same character. I just do one and and I fall in love with it and I keep it, you know. But yeah. um, I don't know. Someday maybe I'll, I'll do more than one and just to have to. It's not even to make money, just to you know give it to someone who will appreciate it, you know.
1: Well, it's, it, I ask because, you know, the, the, the customization market has taken up, taken off so much with so many different people doing, uh, different customs. Like I said, what got my attention was you doing it using the, the He-Man body style. And the thing about it is that the, sometimes the, the work is so quality that it forces these companies to look and be like, well, damn, maybe we should do that. I've been seeing it a lot with people that do, um, Funko Pop customs. They'll do a, a custom of a certain character and then, Funko release that character you know three six months down the road and they'll be like oh you know which one they'll do like a before and after like which one was better type of a side-by-side comparison people will be like oh man the one you did was better because you did this and this and this I think that you know using those those subtle touches make make you know these types of figures stand out
2: yeah yeah I I, I think a lot of you know I've gotten a lot of attention I've gotten you know good remarks from people who were actually work at Funko um they definitely have a killer design team, you know, the design team there. I think they're just limited by what the higher ups tell them they need, you know, but they could they those guys can make anything.
1: Well, anything that question, <clears throat> you know, looking at at the figures you, you've worked on, which which probably has been your favorite that you've done thus far? I mean, you know, obviously I can I can name at least three or four that I really enjoyed. But which one is it that you, you know, you stand back and it's like your your signature piece that you look at it. You're like, damn, I did a hell of a job on this. You
2: know, the, it's one of the simpler ones. I did a uh, Captain America using the Batman head, missed, uh, I did with the, um, scorpion arms and Mike Myers body. That one is just cause I've, I've, I'm such a fan of Captain America and I've always wanted them in barbarian style. That one was just for that purpose, but it was, you know, one of the simpler ones I did, but it's one of my favorites. That yeah. one and probably second up will be the Batman Beyond. Just uh, that was just a simple repaint of the, the Batman figure as is. Just painted in black red uh emblem and uh silver on the on the belt that was pretty much it
1: you you know you do a lot of a lot of great uh backgrounds with your figures is that just something that you have customized or do you have different backgrounds for for each of your figures like how does that work because i know i saw castle Skull on one and then i saw some other crazy stuff for the other i'm like man he has backgrounds for everything <laughs> yeah
2: well the castle gray skull i i i wanted to buy the classics ones but they're they've gotten kind of yeah (laughs) absurd on price since toys uh the toys that made us uh came out yep so i bought a vintage one and repainted it oh that's awesome man yeah and then i bought in like these imaginex sets and i repaint those i repainted one that's like a yeti temple that looks more like a chinese dojo type deal and then there's another one that's a temple that one was i just retouched a few things gold on the eyes and whatnot and the uh the Batcave, cave of course from funko that's one of my favorites right now i actually got two of those
1: <clears throat> yeah i saw i saw it together i saw that one in target <laughs> i was blown away i was like i was like wow well, they're really they're really going for they're really going for it with the with the big you know castle grace golf style playsets for this stuff you know because i saw at a at a Target, they had like the figures, the Batcave, and like the old metal lunch boxes. I was like, wow, this is a real crazy trip down memory lane. Yeah,
2: oh, it's definitely it's worth it just on the nostalgia factor. I bought in <clears throat> the Batcave; it's exactly the scale with Castle Grayskull, and it's I mean, for the price, you can't get it's you're not gonna get a place like that for that price, and they're even cheaper on Amazon. Yeah, they're, they're I, you know, Amazon is very you know particular with their spate warehouse space, so they're they're down to like. 45 wow that's crazy
1: yeah yeah i am um, you, you know we we were talking before we started recording about you know toy fair and i saw you know super seven doing a lot of the filmation he-man stuff and um people just going crazy for seeing all that and you know there was like and, and i thought of uh, of what you're doing immediately because i saw some of the figures they were like oh we're doing this clear one and we're doing this glow in the dark one and i'm like oh man this is gonna be loads of new material oh, yeah. For, for, for him to cost Yeah, they're, they're
2: milking that, that He-Man mold. Yeah, definitely. They're milking those molds pretty much. I've worked with those as well. I've done, uh, I, of course, with, uh, with the Super 7 ones. Cause I, the 5.5s, I'm collecting mostly the new stuff. That's really what's gotten my attention. I've done an Anti-Eternia He-Man. I've got a Faker He-Man. I did a Platino. That's, uh, that top, um, Argentinian top toys variant. I did a Battle Armor He-Man using the Super 7 head. I pretty much did a, you know, a head transplant there to a commemorative one. Yeah. And, uh, I've done a few others there. Yeah.
0: yeah Super well, that's a fun nine,
2: but I don't think they've gotten the, on um, the vintage ones. I don't think they figured out that leg joint, uh, yeah, Cause I've got like 15 of these figures and really, I think only one of them, the second joint works correctly. The yeah. others, even with heating and
1: whatnot, they're, they're not working correctly yet. I the hydroscope throws me off. Of I'm sorry. The the Shira sculpt throws me off, man. Every time I look at the sculpt for Shira, I'm like, why does she just look like a repainted Tila? <laughs> you know, like every time I look at it, I'm like, I'm like, I don't it's, know. Something about it rubs me the wrong way for that figure.
2: Yeah, it's it's definitely a nod to the Tila face. I mean, you look at it and it does look like Tila cosplaying as Shira.
1: Yep, it, it it's crazy and. you know i was the like the orco they did like a like a completely all black orco and then an all white glowing he-man and i'm like i'm like man for for customization this is great but just somebody buying it i don't know if anybody wants to buy like a solid gold man-at-arms you know
2: yeah like the solid gold he-man you could just take the regular he-man and spray paint him gold and voila there it is you know it's it's nothing too much And and i i don't know i'm kind of holding off on the the next waves i'm recruiting uh trap jaw and merman and and a few others but the whole line it's, eh, see what happens but yeah. i want to see how those leg joints work because so far i'm not i'm not sold yet
1: now when you're when you're doing the the customization and you're you're going through like do the characters like let's say like trap jaw you look at a character like trap jaw and the way that he his his mold is so unique is that something that automatically gets on your radar? Like, oh man, I could take this trap jar and tur- this trap jar and turn them into like a Terminator, or turn them into something else just because the sculpt is so unique?
2: Um, usually, I, I tend to stay away from the ones that are really emblematic like that because uh, they're they're more difficult to work with. You're gonna have to send off some parts. And, okay. You know, sculpt some other parts, and so I, I like to stay to more basic. Body styles, where because because it gives you more room to work, you know. If it's something that's that uh, specific, then it it might require more work.
1: Yeah, I think I think that with with regards to that, you know, when you were talking about that, you have to sand it down and remove and get it down to the base coat. Are you are you doing like a hand sander? Are you using like a Dremel to get that to get that to that consistency?
2: No, I like I like to work uh, with just the hand sanding because you I don't want to take it too far, you know. Gotcha. I like to go slow you know i don't want to take it too dark, far down cuz it's just that uh that clear coating that they throw on the figures to protect the paint that's really what you want to get off so you could you could get your paint on there and then seal it after you're done painting
1: so what's the average what's the average completion time for you what's it take you to do a, a custom a week usually between sanding and then the ba- getting the base coat off and obviously real 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 life getting in the way
2: <laughs> yeah uh Mm, on average it depends man some some come together really quick i say maybe the fastest is um well you always wait a day after you paint it because you don't want to be sealing the paint while it's still you know you want to let the paint cure if you want it to to really last if you want to do a rush job you could probably do the whole process in maybe three hours but you really want to let the paint cure so i usually will paint a coat let it cure give it the second coat, let it cure. If I were to add up the extract time, I say between three to four hours each figure.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah. That's pretty, that's that's pretty crazy. I mean, you know, that, especially because when you're painting, you were saying that the painting takes, you know, you have to let the paint cure. Yeah, that I'm sure there's been mishaps with that, where the paint is a little tacky when you try to seal it, right?
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it depends. Like sometimes I'll use um, enamel paint. While enamel, Looks really good. It's really unforgiving to work with because it dries kind of quick, and and it's it, it it creates a nice little coating, but it's uh it's a little more uh, difficult to work with, and it's the mo- enamels more tends more to be that the give off that tacky feeling than than acrylics.
1: All right, that, that there you go. I learn learn a little something new there. Now, yeah. it, well, you know, with with the Street Fighter line that was recently announced by song by Funko, I'm sure you have now some 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 great ideas in your head to work with what's what's on the radar for you what do you what's your next custom that you want to you want to try and create
2: Oh man, well that that Blanca is screaming to be turned into a hulk and um aside from the obvious repaint from you know optional characters you know repaint the suits and whatnot yep one that i'm looking forward to i i've always wanted to put together a flash gordon but i haven't found the right parts i think with the new uh the primal age the second wave that flash figure and that Superman head I think that might work for it. so that's that's one I'm really looking forward to a uh, Flash Gordon because oh, I already that's... have done the Phantom so I, I need a Flash Gordon
1: oh yeah I'd love I definitely a uh, Flash Gordon would be dope man if you could pull off a Ming the merciless too that would be pretty badass oh
2: yeah <laughs> I have a friend from uh <clears throat> who where is he from I think he's from Iceland or something he he sculpted took the zorn head and he sculpted it to work as a as the phantom head but it really since it has that key on the on the forehead i think it'll work as ming but uh i have to look into it i haven't, I haven't uh, messed around with the sculpt he sent me yet yeah yeah the uh the those yeah, little... in the community you get to meet lots of sculptors and whatnot and
1: you help each other out well that's a, that's where i was going to next you know you were talking about it but before we started recording about Zolocon, you know and how you went to that event you know, for for those not familiar, just give us a little background on the event and what you were seeking out when you went to that particular event. Besides, obviously, meeting with other creators and getting other figures.
2: Well, well, for me, one, it's it's a flight. So I live in Puerto Rico, so I had to get on a plane to get there. Awesome. And uh, I, yeah, I met Mike a few years ago at New York Comic Con. I usually just frequent New York Comic Con, and um, he he hosts this event in uh, in uh, Warminster, PA and really i didn't have ideas to to purchase anything in particular my main goal was really to meet up with the creators he had there and um <clears throat> and obviously pick up some figures from his line because he always has some amazing exclusives from that a rem the underworld line he has uh so i got the exclusives but mostly the best part for me was just meeting the people there because it's a, it's a more intimate uh venue and uh Super nice, super great to go to, because, you know, you go to these big cons like New York or San Diego, and it's it's almost work to, to be there, you know, yep, making 100%. all these lines. And, <laughs> yeah, and it tires you out. These smaller venues like uh, ZoloCon, and I'm also looking forward to PowerCon. I don't know if you're familiar with that event.
1: I've, uh, I've heard of it.
2: It's, it's uh, for just uh, Masters of the Universe. Yep. Yeah. Uh Well, the the best thing I, I took away from ZolaCon was definitely meeting the the creators. of uh, Walter Harris from uh, Hammer of the Gods, Chance Priest with Victory Comics, uh, Frank Russo who does Musculoids. Uh, awesome, top notch guys. And you know, you you sit there, you talk shop, you you know, you geek out over each other's work, and it's it's a it's a great 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 uh great convention. I definitely recommend it for anybody there. And also, the vintage finds are are amazing. You know, if you have the right budget and, and the time to to look through bins and whatnot, it you there's some amazing finds to be had there.
1: Have you um have, have you also leveraged especially, you know, now that your work is on social media, have you leveraged like some of the online communities also, like you know, Facebook, stuff like that, to build to find other people that are in the customization, or is it something that's more niche that has grown because of, you know, attending events like ZoloCon and and events like that? No,
2: it's, I mean, uh, there's been independent creators for, for, you know, for a good while now. There's, um, some, there's a really good, uh, Facebook page. It's a 5.5 and it's basically just dedicated to people who, you know, who customize and collect, uh, figures in this, uh, form factor. Okay. Um, but yeah, there, there, there have been customizers and, you know, you know, you're familiar with, uh, Joe Amato and, uh, Master English. Master Master English actually did that, uh, uh, Eldor years ago. You know, now Super Seven's catching up to to his work.
1: Yeah, Super Seven. They uh, actually
2: found Eldor. Yeah.
1: Yeah. They, they, they're definitely expanding with, with that stuff. I saw that they did a hero. I was just like, wow. I felt like this was done by somebody not that long ago. So it's cool to see that.
2: Oh, definitely. Yeah. And they, they're seeing the value. I mean, they're these, the vintage line for them is selling out and it seems like it's, simpler and more uh profit margin than with the classics line because they're selling them for 20 and you know <clears throat> it's it's a pretty good margin in there
1: what'd you think of the uh the maddie collector series that they used to do that used to be out from uh mattel
2: uh, i have a few of those i'm not a i'm big into that that uh, uh scale but okay. i do have a few of those i i didn't I'm not too much of a fan of the subscription style service where if Either you're not that. subscribed, you miss out on a few parts, especially if you're a completist. I'm not a completist, but, you know, if there are figures that you really want, then, you know, having to be tied down to a subscription
1: service is, eh, I don't know, it's not for me. Yeah, it was But tough. They, they did some work. They
2: did some incredible work there.
1: Yeah, I couldn't do that, that for that exact reason. Like, there were some subscription figures that they were putting out. And I'm like, listen, I just want the one, you know, <laughs> like that's. That's kind of how I am, especially with with the properties like like that. You know, being an '80s baby myself, you know, I just want to try and support that stuff. So you know, it, it's like when somebody does a really cool Thundercats piece, like I actually bought the uh the Thundercats the the large lino that Mezco did. Because, oh yeah, that one's awesome. Yeah, yeah, so you know, and I and I got lucky with that. You know, the Mezco, I found the I got a really good deal on um on the Lionel and the mumra from that line. But that's what I mean. Like, very few people are approaching those properties the same way. Like obviously with voltron coming back on netflix and you know kind of put voltron back on everybody's radar and it was cool because they actually re-released the 84 voltron at, alongside the uh the netflix one so you know it actually gave me a chance to buy the 84 one which i had as a kid you know oh yeah that one that one's awesome i saw it yeah i, I
2: remember that one
1: where do you, <clears throat> you where do you see the you know licenses like like he-man and stuff going i mean now There's rumors of a new Masters of the Universe film on the horizon. Do you think that there's still a a market for that with the current generation of kids? And I ask this because, you know, He-Man back then, man, it was that 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 was 100 percent boy boy toy. You know what I mean? Like you play like that Mm -hmm. was a figure like you knew, like this a a, a boy, you know, a boy's action figure line. And it's going to sell out because it has weapons. Everybody's jacked and ripped and. You got all these weird characters. <laughs> do you feel that, that going back to that simplicity, especially now, you know, with just the climate of how things are nowadays is going to be successful. And I'm asking well, you just uh, as a fan, you know?
2: Well, I mean, the movie, if it's a good movie, might do something for the line. I don't know if it'll do much. For the scale of figure, you know, for the style of figure, because I have a pretty good barometer with my son. He's 10. OK, so I can see by his likes and dislikes, you know what works. And this, um, like you say, it's a simple form factor. And kids these days, they have so many figures with, you know, such high articulation and they have, uh, you know, electronic devices and whatnot. A simple figure really might not catch their attention at later ages, I think this style of figure might catch the attention of a child, maybe between four and eight. Okay. I think is pretty much the, where the core audience would be for this style of figure when you're a child outside of obviously the adult collectors. And once they pass eight, I think there that's it's going to be more difficult to get a kid involved in, in this style of figure. But at, you know, between four and eight, the kids like to, you know, bash toys around and whatnot. And they're not really looking to pose them and, and, you know, all sorts of crazy poses they just want to you know play with their toys and
1: bash them around Uh, and And
2: i think that's what funko was going for with the with the primal age line the dc primal age line
1: well you know now that you know now you mentioned you you have a child how does how does he you know i'm sure you've shared like you know older he-man cartoons stuff like that with him how does he view that uh, like that era when you when you share when you share that with him
2: you know it breaks my heart because i think he he just (laughs) Does it to be polite, but he, he? I don't think he could care about it. <laughs> you know, he really? That's about it. <laughs> yeah, he's not really. Uh, especially the cartoon. I mean, come on. Nowadays, you know, with all this, uh, you know, the advancements in uh, animation, you know, the, and the flow of the story, it's not going to catch a kid's attention nowadays. You know, it's great for us. And again, maybe if I I didn't uh, catch him sooner, maybe I had to present it to him when he was a little younger, because I think I showed it to him when he was already about eight.
1: Oh man. Because okay.
2: I, I, like I said, I wasn't really collecting 5.5 till, till I went to the um, 2017 New York Comic Con and, and mm-hmm. met Mike and I uh, got introduced into the whole Zola world, uh, figure line and that, you know, caught on from there. But, um, that's when I started, uh, going back to He Man and I started showing some, but I think it was too late for him. <laughs> he was <laughs> yeah. already onto other things.
1: Yeah. You know, when they did that newer He Man cartoon and four horsemen started doing the figures. I said to myself, "All right, we're turning a corner because this He-Man cartoon's pretty cool. The designs are crazy looking. Um I was I was just bummed because obviously the Four Horsemen figures were were expensive, so obviously little younger kids couldn't get into it, man, but that cartoon had so much promise. The cartoon was
2: I like the cartoon more than the figure line. The figure line didn't really work for me. I didn't i don't like it too much but but the cartoon was good yeah good. Was. and of uh, course four horseman sculpts were good it's just uh i don't know the final product i think the statues were much better but the figures itself that i don't know they just didn't work for me
1: i think the only didn't figure that them. that stands out from that line that was awesome was the uh the skeletor that was just keldor him. with the burned oh, yeah, face yeah, yeah. oh man that was that was top of the line at the time i said to myself i'm like wow they've never shown like Skeletor's origin and who he was like I really enjoyed that they did that you know
2: yeah that was that was a nice nod yeah yeah definitely
1: what do you think of the yeah. uh Netflix's new Shira cartoon do you think that that new style is you know what are your thoughts on the style for that and and how's that going to translate to to merchandise
2: you know I tried to see it and I uh, didn't uh I don't know it didn't, w- didn't do anything for me The I didn't really like it too much I don't know I don't know if uh, kids will like it, honestly. Um, You know, kids today are much smarter, you know, they have so many more options that I I don't think it's, I I see what they were going for, but I don't think it it worked out in execution.
1: Yeah. I mean, my, my wife, she, you know, she was a big Shira fan growing up and she was like, "Eh, I don't know about this. And it's funny, you know, I just, I just had my, my daughter and we, we tried, you know, because it's like, you know, we go through different cartoons to keep her attention and, you know, we put it on and, like the colors kind of work but it just she was just like man you know i mean she's also a baby but like like my little pony keeps her attention like for half an hour straight you know so it's like clearly something there's a connection there but it just wasn't the same i felt that the they tried the animation style was such a far departure from what kids were used to i mean well that was a problem too i, st- I started looking at it through you know 80s baby glasses and i'm like eh, you know maybe because it looks like steven universe or some of these other cartoons it's going to get people's attention but it kind of just came and went you know
2: yeah yeah definitely and it's, it's the same with the movie it depends you know how how the, the master's movie um is made. I hope they they're more inclined to you know, more like uh, Lord of the Rings meets Star Wars. That's
1: that's the scale I you need. Work. That's the scale you yeah. need. I think I think in this day and age, you know, I and it's strange because I felt with G when when G.I. Joe came out, that first G.I. Joe movie was terrible, you know? But then oh, yeah. that <laughs> second movie kind of turned the corner and I'm like, wow, Cobra Commander looks like Cobra Commander Firefly looks like firefly, like they definitely started really paying closer attention to that, but I think at that stage, I'm like, I think it's a little too late now, you know,
2: yeah, I think that if they' revisited they just have to just do it over yeah
1: and and, and there was um, there was a lot of potential there, man like like the storm shadow design, the snake eyes design were so well done, you know, shiny face Cobra commander, but then it was it was too late like the like the ship had already sailed and and people's interest was gone, you know exactly. Um exactly. And, yeah. No, you guy you were going to say something? No, no, it's just yeah,
2: they're, they're you know, you see Hollywood revisiting all these uh 80s properties and you know, they they have to get uh writers who, who understand how to translate it. Like I am looking at uh I was just looking at uh The Umbrella Academy on Netflix. Yep. And I remember reading the comic and I'm like, man, they got it so right. They translated this so right and it's not verbatim. Uh, on the comic it does have its differences but you know the essence of what made the, the story and the characters great which is what you know you have to do when you when you revisit these properties like G.I. Joe and Transformers and He-Man
1: what's uh what's a and it's funny because I was going to save this for for the hot seat but I figured this would be a great way to transition what's a what's a property you'd like to see from from the 80s era redone and do you and that you think would be successful
2: I think uh, I think GI Joe would work. Okay. Try different scales Um, because we've seen the three and three quarter, we've seen the twelve inch. I think they could try different scales, maybe four and a half, even the five point five style would work with them. Um, You know, not big, but uh, make a short run with those. I think GI Joe because it's such a rich uh, history. It's got so many characters. I mean, you can make characters for years and and not deplete it. They have like close to three hundred or over three hundred characters. I'd like to see G.I. Joe. Um, there's a few ones that I will see, but it's more for myself. I don't think they'd be particularly successful or not. I mean, you know, maybe Silverhawks and uh, okay. uh, Thunder, the old Hanna-Barbera superheroes. I like a lot, but, you know, I don't I don't know if they'll they'll work nowadays. It's just, you know, me being selfish, uh, being thinking marketing wise. I think G.I. Joe has the best shot of uh, making a good resurgence if done right.
1: You know, it's funny you mentioned Thunder because I always felt like out of out of a lot of those properties, especially now, like Space Ghost would do really well if you did no, it Space kind Ghost of, a, yeah. you know, comedy, like a little tongue in cheek, but still, like, like still badass, but like have a little fun, kind of like how they're trying to do with Shazam, like DC's trying to do. Yeah, I definitely think yeah, that,
2: yeah it would work. I mean, the Space
1: Ghost Coast to Coast was hilarious.
2: That uh, oh man, that, it was great. Yeah. Show sure. yeah,
1: it was ahead of its time. Yeah. And,
2: oh yeah definitely <laughs> definitely out of its time but uh you know it worked it worked great
1: there was a rumor um, that they wanted to do mask and tie mask into gi joe and i said they just want to do Mask so that they could get all the all the money from the car companies like they did with transformer <laughs> oh
2: i mean yeah definitely uh that's probably something that goes into those type of uh, decisions but uh, I, I i wasn't too familiar with mask but uh you know, it, it, if it's a property to work with, it'd be G.I. Joe, I guess.
1: Yeah, I think originally the intent was that Mask was supposed to be part of G.I. Joe, and then they kind of just split it off into its own thing, you know, back then. But I think now they were looking at it to kind of reintegrate it back in and then use that as part of G.I. Joe, allegedly. I mean, you know, that there's been a lot of uh, back and forth with that, and it's been kind of quiet lately. Yeah, it'd be
2: interesting. I mean, yeah. I mean, and, and I don't know why Hasbro hasn't... Uh gone back i mean the uh gi joe and legend scale would be pretty good i think it'd sell pretty good and it's a good way to introduce it to new kids and you know to us adult collectors i mean a legend style series of gi joe would be killer for them
1: that's a that's an amazing idea man i'd kill for like a legend size cobra commander with the different head sculpts you know with the with the cloth head the the metal mask and the and the shiny face oh man that would be amazing I think you hit, you hit an oh, idea, man. That's all, that would be great. Yeah.
2: Definitely. You know, you started out with the legend skill. That's, that's the one that's, uh, selling. Yeah. And it, kids will get it. I mean, who, what kid doesn't like ninjas still, you know? And, yep. And the, the military still in, uh, in high regards nowadays, you know, kids, kids like it.
1: No, I think that's a great idea. And I think, I think with that, we can, uh, segue into, into the hot seat, you know, rapid fire, uh, series of questions, real, real off the cuff, um, you know, Obviously, this being toys and tech of the trade, we're, we're going to definitely ask you some some tech stuff and some t- some toy stuff. But we'll start with the uh, the tech side of things. You mentioned when you are mocking up your figures, you do you do like a, a virtual a virtual model. What do you use for that? Uh, just just
2: my phone, you know. I just take a picture and I, uh, um, and I'll paint uh, use the paint app to just paint on it. You know, it's nothing. Oh, okay. Nothing. What Thank what you. phone what phone are you using nowadays? I got a Galaxy S9 plus. Oh nice. I used to have the Note. The Note used to be much better to work with with the pen, but I changed it to the S9.
1: Yeah, I was a I was a heavy Note user, man. I I remember those days. That phone was was ahead of its time. Yeah. Um when you turn on your phone, what are three mobile apps you can't live without? <laughs>
2: uh mobile apps I can't live without would would probably be Facebook, Instagram,
1: and probably, uh, I don't know, uh, WhatsApp. Nice. Alright. Um, what's one website you frequent on a daily basis? Uh, probably Amazon Prime, just
2: looking for deals for parts. That's nice. probably the, my, my main one that I hit at least once a day.
1: Uh, what's your favorite piece of tech besides your phone or your computer? Favorite
2: piece of tech that's not, I'm not very uh, much a tech guy.
1: I'm uh, not phone a computer. Oh, you got me there.
2: <laughs> I don't think I have any more tech.
1: Wow. <laughs> wow. I mean, I mean, having, having kids, no, no, no video games in your house.
2: <laughs> oh, well, uh, I guess the PS4, but mostly, uh, to entertain my, my boy. i kind of lost my speed when regards to games
1: and really? Fortnite and whatnot. I'm, I
2: I'm, yeah, I'm not as good as I used to be anymore.
1: Oh man, it's play crazy. Games. It, it, it's crazy. It's funny you mentioned Fortnite because man, That's, that's all everybody was, was selling at, at Toy Fair when we were talking about it. You know, just Fortnite this, Fortnite that. Clearly, clearly it's a demographic thing, right? I guess your son is all over that, right?
2: Oh yeah. That's his, uh, yeah. He's, he's a few hours a day on that. He's like, it's like he's training for war or something.
1: (laughs) Nice. I'm sure you probably say to yourself, if you were dedicated to your chores or dedicated to your schoolwork, like you were to Fortnite, I'm sure you've (laughs) said that at least once
2: yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> well you know it's like it, if there's a career in that or something i don't know <laughs> well you know what it is it, it's 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 funny you say that because now with streaming you know so many people are making money off of streaming and turning streaming into a career i i mean you know it's it, it's difficult but but who would have thought you know from when we were growing up to now that it's like oh i could get paid to play video games and people watch me play like like where the hell was that when we were growing up <laughs> <laughs> i know he, he
2: shows me all these people on youtube and he tells me the absurd amounts of money that they're getting yep. paid and i'm like you have got to be kidding me <laughs> yeah
1: man it's insane well you know it's yeah. funny you mentioned that you had played you used to play what was the last game you played personally the game
2: that always i've always gone back to and it's a uh, different uh incarnations of tekken uh fighting
1: yep. game hell yeah yeah my favorite i'm a, I'm a big tekken fan dude i hear you yeah so uh this, this, yeah. People always have a lot of fun with this. What was the last thing that you purchased that's less than $100 that's made your life easier or more enjoyable? Last thing Could be anything, man. I, think I,
2: I just bought uh, an Amazon Fire tablet just to read, uh, be able to carry my comic books and whatnot around, but uh, that's pretty much it. I, it's just because I'm so so behind it's not really <laughs> you know i'm so behind on tech but that's pretty much the last purchase it was like uh 45 bucks after the christmas yep. season and it's you know, i don't have to carry around comic books and want and get them all mangled up you know
1: well i'm glad i'm glad you mentioned that because i was about to ask you know what uh what comics are you reading currently you know I, I don't
2: collect uh consistently but the last one was obviously the injustice versus masters uh comic
1: what'd you the, think of uh, it six
2: part series I'm, I haven't finished it. I'm up to the third one. I have all six, but I haven't sat down to, to, uh, to finish a bit.
1: So far, so good. I like it. I like it a lot. Did you, I, uh, did you ever get to check out the, uh, the He-Man and Thundercats? I have the trade paperback in my, uh, <laughs> in my
2: fire and I haven't sat down to read it, but I, I do intend to. I, I actually should have read that one before, uh, going into this one because they say it's kind of a continuation.
1: Yeah, it's pretty intense, man. They did, they definitely took it in a direction where I said to myself, this would be cool to see it played out like in a like in a cartoon or like an like an animated series because it was just so so crazy the stuff they did. Yeah, I, I definitely hope I yeah. definitely hope you enjoy. it. You know,
2: yeah, animated series are are you know that's another thing that's kind of changed so much that I mean that's where it used to get the kids' attentions, but now it's there's no Saturday morning cartoons. There's no, nope. you know, it's it's changed our habits of of
1: consumption of TV. is like now.
2: We watch TV on our time. We don't have to, you know, conform to anybody's schedule, you know?
1: Oh yeah. I mean, it, it, it's, it's funny. You know, I have a DVR and I have all these shows DVR at all, you know, all the, you know, Flash and Arrow and Black Lightning and Gotham and all this stuff. And it's just like, yeah, I'll get to it when I get to it. Some, once in a while I'll, I'll watch it the same night because I don't want something spoiled, you know, because obviously, yeah. obviously, obviously, you know, it's going to happen like the walking dead. It'll be like, all right, we got to watch this today because somebody's going to spoil yeah. it on on facebook or, or instagram or whatever tomorrow yeah yeah yeah. um obvi- obviously you know growing up it, it, what were what were some of your favorite toys growing up
2: uh well, i had a few uh the um obviously the master's line was yep. uh was pretty big for me and um i liked the kenner lines the four inch uh batmans yep uh, that was pretty much when i was growing out of toys but, but that line really captured my attention i remember the secret wars line that they did for uh marvel and uh dc superpowers was pretty big for me you know pretty much anything with uh superheroes or comic book characters uh was pretty big with me but there wasn't that many options like there are today pretty much that was it it was uh if you wanted some marvel characters it was the secret wars line and if you wanted some dc it was a Superpowers line.
1: line uh, obviously as a as a person who does custom figures and and who's heavily into into buying you know different different pieces of material outside of those figures what's a one of your favorite collectibles that you own
2: you mean uh modern or vintage or no it
1: it doesn't matter like like one of your favorites You you could name one you could name more than one if you prefer but
2: you know it's it's probably not something that that that's interesting to to many folks but one figure that actually kind of put me back into collecting was a the Ben Ten series. I didn't know anything about the cartoon and and I just walked by the the toy shelf and I saw it and it, it grabbed my attention. The Wrath figure. Okay. It's like a muscled up Tony the Tiger. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I've seen that one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He talks like in a Hulk Hogan cadence and uh, <laughs> he just likes to fight and I found I found it interesting, and I, that that line really caught my attention. And I, I got a pretty good I used to have a pretty good collection of it till my son started watching the series, and that
1: uh, that was the end of I that. Lost
2: about <laughs> yeah, I lost a good sixty percent of that collection. <laughs> you
1: lost you 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 lost your figures in the divorce. <laughs>
2: <laughs> pretty much, yeah. Nowadays, uh, the a line that's caught my attention is that I don't know if you've seen it's the Disney um. The Disney the, Toy Box series, where yeah. they're doing all these properties and in, in this like animated style or the Infinity uh style. Yep. Yeah, I, I'm not a completist, but I'm picking up the ones that that catch my attention. The baba Fett, uh, most of the Marvel ones, and
1: yeah, my wife got her Wars gods on the stuff. toys, the, the the Incredibles line from that.
2: They're they're yeah. really
1: well done. You're right, beautiful figures.
2: Yeah, and they're reasonably priced too. You know, they're not too. They don't, won't break the bank. I think it's twelve bucks more or less.
1: Now, obviously, your 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 eyes are set on doing the uh 5.5 uh, customs. Are you gonna branch out at any time? Do you see yourself doing like Marvel Legends customs, things like that? Are you are you comfortable doing the 5.5?
2: Now, for now, I don't see I don't see uh, trying any other lines. I the 5.5 style just lends itself to customization to me more than others because figures with high articulation, it's harder to ke- get that different paint on it's not factory paint cuz of uh you know when you move the parts you will run into some um you know little chip or you'll you know you'll scrape off some paint and this style it's they're like plastic statues cuz they have you know at the top best they have six points of articulation that's all you have to worry about so and for me that is just the body style it's it's what i like seeing and it's, it, for now i don't see uh, trying any other uh scale
1: um Last question, and people always, the, people always have uh, a little fun with this. If you could have dinner with someone dead or alive, who would it be? What would you eat? And what would you talk about? Hmm, wow, that's a good one. Uh, I haven't <laughs> thought of that one.
2: <laughs> dead or alive? Um, you know, I'd like, I would have liked, uh, to sit down with Bruce Lee. The guy's, um I'm a martial arts fan and, uh, he, he had some great ideas on not just combat but also on life guy was a big philosophy uh guy and uh to eat pizza pizza's my nice my favorite food and to talk about just get his general ideas on on hand-to-hand combat i think uh he was taken a bit soon and he probably had some some things that he, he wasn't able to share
1: uh you know it's it, it, with you saying that um favorite bruce lee movie oh ah, Enter the dragon has all right uh, there, there you go You know, some people like to say a game of death. So, um, you know,
2: I mean, game of death is structured kind of like video game where you're going up uh, (laughs) boss levels. You know, there's a cool factor to that, but you know, he wasn't in the whole movie and, um, enter the dragon, just, uh, you can't beat that.
1: No, absolutely. A hundred percent. All right. Um, last, last piece before we wrap things up, we like to do one, uh, reach one, teach one, you know, just to give listeners and, and people looking to to start a, a business or a hobby similar to our guests. Um, you know, a piece of actionable advice, what would you, what would you recommend somebody that's looking to get into, you know, action figure customization, whether it's 5.5 or in general, what's some, some words of advice you'd give them?
2: Uh, if you're thinking about it, you know, just get cheap figures, get a good lot of cheap figures for when, cause when you're starting out, you are going to mess up. You are going to create some, some bad figures. You're not, you know, you're not going to be painting uh straight lines, just you know, from the get go um get a good lot of cheap figures and just just put the paint uh to the figures you know just try it out and it it might you know if you see you're progressing then keep going if uh you see you're getting worse maybe customization ain't for you um maybe it's better to to collect them or do it for fun It, it you know it's all the depends what you want to do if it's for for a hobby um just do it you know it's it's a great hobby to get into if you're looking it for more of as a an additional income then you should look definitely look up some youtube videos there's a lot of great videos on how to work with sculpt um what materials epoxy um how to work with acrylic paints how to seal acrylic paints good you really want to become knowledgeable before you just start uh throwing figures together you know
1: <clears throat> now but um Do you recommend people start with uh, brushes, you know, uh, you know, fine brushes to work on their lines? Definitely not jumping into airbrushing, right?
2: Oh, no. I mean, I haven't I haven't even I I use spray cans. I haven't done airbrushing yet. I use spray paint and uh, but brushes to begin with. You have to really get into how to do the details before you go into um, something bigger because airbrushing works more when you're doing more like five or six figures at a time than just doing one at a time. If you're just doing one, airbrushing is,
1: you know, you don't you won't really need to do it if you're hand painting
2: just one figure.
1: Nice. I I think that's a that's a some great piece of advice for people that are looking to 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 get into this. I think um, you know, seeing seeing the amazing work that you're doing um, which if you don't know, I mentioned it earlier in the interview, you can follow Carlos on Instagram. It's uh Charlie5 5.5. Uh, well, Charlie underscore, excuse me, 5.5. 5, and you could see some of his great work that's on there and you can definitely get some inspiration. And, um, this is, if people want to reach you, they can reach out to you through this, this account on IG, right? Oh
2: yeah. Yeah. I've, I've gotten a lot of, uh, I've made actually a lot of, uh, friends and, uh, a lot of inquiries through the Instagram page. Yeah. yeah. I, I pretty much set it up for, for my hobby. There's really not, not much of my personal stuff. there. It's just, it's my hobby page, you know?
1: Awesome. All right. Well, with that, um, Carlos, you know, we really want to thank you for sharing the toys and tech of your trade.
2: Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me, man. Flattered.
1: All right. That wraps our interview with Carlos, a.k.a. Charlie 5.5. We're going to make sure to link to his Instagram account in the show notes for this episode, as well as some of the other stuff that we discussed. Full disclosure, as always. Sometimes the items we talk about, we do use affiliate links. For those of you that don't know what that is, affiliate links are links to uh, the products that we talk about where if you click on that link and make a purchase or even visit that site in general, we may receive a small piece of monetary compensation. It doesn't affect your purchase, doesn't affect what you're looking at, doesn't affect the site that you're visiting, but that little bit of compensation goes towards obviously allowing us to purchase better equipment, make improvements, and just continue to give you guys the best experience possible, whether it's on air, on the site, or on video. So by all means, please feel free to use those links for any of your purchases. We would greatly, greatly appreciate it. Um, last but not least, as always, episodes of this show are released bi-weekly every Tuesday on iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, and Spotify. There is going to be a slight change to the schedule for the month of March. Just because we have so many guests and some of them, their interviews are time sensitive. So there will be back to back to back episodes uh, in the coming weeks uh, with the pretty much through through March and um, April. We'll probably go back to our regular schedule of every other Tuesday. But um, at the end of the month, we'll be sharing our interview with Peter Melnick from the Marvelists. Man, what a what a fun interview that was. I hope you guys enjoy it. If you're into comic books podcasting and the marvel cinematic universe that uh that interview was a blast and i can't wait to share it with you guys if you're interested in being a guest on a future episode of toys and tech of the trade please feel free to reach out via email rich at rageworks.net or via the contact us form on the site if you're interested in advertising on this show or any of the other shows on the rageworks podcast network you can email me rich at rageworks.net or fill out the advertiser form on the site and we will get back to you. Last but not least, as always, if you want to keep up with Rageworks, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, you know, all the usual social media outlets. Uh, our primary method of engagement though, as of late has been Facebook via the Facebook fan page as well as our Rageworks Facebook group. So if you're interested in talking to me and some of the other hosts on the network about toys, tech, video games, wrestling, sports, by all means, feel free to join the community. Uh, we'll gladly open you. We'll we'll gladly welcome you with open arms. And um, Instagram definitely has been something we've been going uh, very aggressive with in the last coming weeks, especially with Toy Fair and everything else. So if you're on Instagram, give us a follow at RageWorks. And you can find me also at RageWorks Rich. All right, guys, thank you for checking out the latest episode of Toys and Tech of the Trade. We'll see you next time. Peace.